Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles everywhere, to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro here at the NovaCare Complex. Eagles continuing to go through their offseason conditioning program. Their offseason program has been ramping up, and soon we'll get onto the OTAs, and we'll get to watch a little practice, and then they'll break in June, and then not get back here until the end of July for a training camp that I think everybody is really, really excited about. It's been a terrific offseason for the Philadelphia Eagles. When they get the pads on, we really find out about everything, don't we? Uh, But right now, the optimism, very, very contagious. The expectations high, as always. And the Eagles working, and they're working hard. So today in the Eagles Insider Podcast, we're going to talk to some people who are part of that process on the field and off the field. Off the field. We're going to wrap things up. The Eagles Autism Challenge over the weekend, just an amazing success. More than $4 million raised, and we'll hear from Jeffrey Lurie as he addresses the audience on Saturday at the conclusion of the event. So, uh, you know, uh, this is the fifth year, and it just gets better and better and better. We're also going to take a look at the Eagles as they dip their toes into the NFL's marketing and fan engagement efforts around the globe. We'll touch on that in just a bit here. James Bradbury, Eagles cornerback, met the media this week. We'll hear from him and Jonathan Gannon about Bradbury. A great addition. We know that. The Eagles defense has really had quite an overhaul this offseason. You know, four, five, six players who really could impact things in 2022. But let's begin the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group with an exclusive one-on-one interview with a young man who really has been impressive with his play leading into the NFL draft and with the way he's handled himself since the Eagles made him a second-round draft pick. Pick number 51 overall from the University of Nebraska. Center Cam Jurgens joined the Eagles on the second night of the NFL draft. I hadn't had a chance to talk to him. He was in, was involved the night of the draft, a tornado in Nebraska, so we couldn't get a one-on-one then. And it's just the schedule worked out so that we got him just the other day. So let's begin our podcast here, one-on-one with New Eagles Center, rookie offensive lineman, second-round draft pick, Camp Jurgens, quite the personality, quite the story and quite the prospect for the Eagles moving forward. Hi, Cam. How we doing? I'm good, man. This is our studio. How do you like it? It's pretty cool. I guess every step you take, every move you make, to borrow the phrase, is kind of a new one for you. How, how's it going? It's going good. You know, and I think I'm in a really good position here. Coming in, a really good O-line coach, good culture, and most importantly, like the, the guys in the O-line room, I got here, they just kind of welcomed me with open arms. Like everybody's, you know, Kelsey, Milada, Isaac, they've been like, just help me with anything and everything. So they're pretty, I feel like it's not like that everywhere. So for fans who have no idea, like what happens in, a, in an offensive line room? Like what is the classroom like? Is it all diagrams and, and technique? Or is it all language that you're learning? Is it, it, explain what it's like in there. 
right now it's like you know you you could say it's sensory overload because you're learning technique you're learning new terminology you know it's still football you're still doing the same stuff but like it's different terminology used with it you got to learn the plays and then the every play is so detailed here so everything's too like um we can have one play but we can run it five different ways so learning all the ins and outs of everything and uh, I think a big step, you know, from college to NFL is learning what the defense is doing, how they fit gaps, and, you know, what coverages they're in. Because, you know, I, didn't, I really didn't have to do a ton of that, and I think that's a big step in the NFL here. So, for, again, for fans, like for in college, you don't have to learn that I mean, other you side? you do. You definitely it's do. It's just not as complicated. It's just, it's just not to a certain extent, you know, where, where a certain coverage may change a play. You know, in college, you're going to run with it. Especially in Nebraska, we're so up-tempo. It's basically, you know, we want to get that play in as quick as we can, get the ball off, catch the defense off. Even if we don't have the right play called, you know, we're trying to, you know, speed's a weapon. And here it's like, you know, you want to have the right play called. Um, in college, uh, it, it's a, you know, you were changing positions. Was it, what, did you find it was a similar kind of head-spinning first couple of days, weeks, months, as it is said to be here for rookies at the NFL level? Uh, you know, it's probably a little less here because the O line room's been helping out so much. That's you know, cool to if know. your head's spinning, you know, they're the, they're there to help. You know, in college when I'm making that position change, like it's a lot all at once and learning everything. But, you know, it's all the same thing. Everything's just relative, you know, picking it up. You're you're older now, uh, a little more experience. I've been through a lot of that stuff, so like yeah, you just can't get too overwhelmed. You know, you got to keep trucking along. I'm sure you've heard um, the legend of Jeff Stoutland and what makes him so great. So early impressions, what makes him so great? You know, he's intense, but, uh, you know, I really like that because you want a coach that's the same way all the time. He's like that all the time. You're not going to get um, one guy one day and then someone that, you know, not as intense the next day. It's, it's the same guy every single day. And, you know, you don't want those coaches that are wishy-washy. So, like, that's what I appreciate from him. He's going to bring the same intensity every day, and he's not going to give up. You know, he's, he, if you mess something up, he's going to teach you the same way every single time. Yeah, I spoke to Brandon Brooks last week, who had retired last year, three-time Pro Bowler here, great player. And he said that the secret was that he knows how to reach the individual. So, like, however you learn – he's going to make sure that you learn that way. Have you seen that with him? If you're a visual learner, he's going to make sure that you learn visually. If you want to learn um, in a different manner, then he'll teach you that way. That it's very specialized for the player. Yeah, I'd say when you're at this level, like, it don't matter what happens. I don't care what it is. You got to learn every single way you're taught. So you got to learn through walkthroughs. You got to learn through film. You got to learn through uh, reading. So it's just like you got to learn how to learn every, every which way, you know. Because you, you can't, you know, if you only learn one way, you're not going to make it here. So, uh, can I make some early impressions of you? I've been around here for a long time. You have no idea who I am. but um, So you seem like you really have a lot of fun. And you seem like you are very comfortable in this environment. And even going back to the night of the draft, you're selected. There's a tornado going on. You didn't freak out. You met the media. You had a good time. Uh, where it, am, I, am I making the right read? Do you feel really mm -hmm. comfortable in your own skin? And where does that come from? Uh, you know, I really know. I mean, growing up in Nebraska, there, there's a lot of, you know, media exposure. It's such a big, uh, cause that's all we have in Nebraska is, is it's Husker football. So like, uh, you know, I've been through this a lot ever since, like I committed right after my freshman year. So like, oh, I, did you really yeah, high school? Yeah. Okay. I committed really early. So like I've, I've been talking to media quite a bit. So like, I'm, I'm very comfortable in this setting. 
And you went to LSU for a visit, right? Just to check it out, and yep. still didn't sway you to 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 leave Nebraska. It was close, but <laughs> uh, I decided to stay home. Cam, um, uh, let's talk about that draft night. Um, for those fans who don't know, so there literally was a tornado hovering, and you're on the meet, you're on the phone call with the guys, and the rest of the family's partying, and then you all have to like vacate to go to the basement. Yeah, it was it was weird. We're all <laughs> upstairs. And probably like 10 minutes before I got drafted, like my phone starts buzzing. So like I'm like, obviously I, I look quick thinking, you know, maybe I'm going to get drafted. Everybody's phone's buzzing because we're in a tornado warning. And this is like right before, like probably 10 minutes before. And then I finally get that call. We're celebrating. And then like obviously looking outside, it's just wind's terrible, hailing. And then like we should have been downstairs like 10 minutes ago. But the TV's been on mm -hmm. and off and we finally got the TV on upstairs because I was kind of going back and forth between upstairs and downstairs for the TV because it kept going in and out because the weather was so terrible. But we finally got our Wi-Fi to work, and I was finally able to see me get picked. It was crazy. Thankfully. I, got, I got, got the call, and I knew the Eagles were on the clock, got the call, and then they went to a commercial break. And then that commercial break was like the longest commercial break <laughs> I've ever seen in my life because I was waiting to you know have it be official. And once it was official, um, you know, or – we're happy. We're, we're, we're celebrating. You know, getting everybody hugs, and all of a sudden, I'm like, all right, we we gotta go downstairs. <laughs> and we well, I can't even laugh about it because there was a tornado here last year, and they like devastated neighborhoods. But so the tornado. I don't want to make sure. I want to make sure that in this world, people are not uh, understanding that we're not laughing about a tornado. But continue your story. I'm sorry. It's probably different, you know, back in Nebraska because tornadoes are like every other weekend sometimes in the summertime especially it is a little early for it but yeah we're in tornado alley so like I, i'm just used to it by then but you know you don't always have a a big group of people we had a like a watch party and so that's when it's different you know yeah. grandmom didn't go downstairs though no no she didn't we she all like went the downstairs tough, she's like the toughest one of the family yeah i guess uh i guess she is she's she's like well it's been a great night whatever i'll just stay up here very fun okay so some fun things about you um the video of you uh um, on social media, practicing your moves with a steer. Yeah. Okay, I'm a city boy. So, um, so a steer changes direction that much that you would like legitimately get a decent, you know, little fun workout. Uh, you know, I was doing it for fun. But okay. Like I, I did that quite a bit, I guess. Uh, but it was, you know, if you can stay in front of a steer, they're they're changing directions a lot, a lot better than any D lineman I'll ever see. And you know, there's some pretty uh, freaky athletes, but nobody's a better athlete than a steer. But so educate me, a steer does not get pissed off enough to just say, forget it. I'm just gonna go after you. I mean, it depends on the cattle. You know, <laughs> some of them you don't want to mess with, and but for the most part, if you stay in front of them, they're they're not gonna run you down. You don't want to corner them, but. <laughs> yeah, you want to stay in front, keep your feet moving. Okay. A little bit of a fun drill. Okay, beefjerky.com. Eagles fans, beefjerky.com, J-U-R-G-Y, um, has a package available for $7.99 for two ounces of beef jerky. Okay, you've got a great line of merchandise there too, which is cool for Eagles fans who might want to be interested in that. And some cheesy photos at the bottom. Um, so why is your, Cam, why is your beef jerky? Why would Eagles fans buy your beef jerky? You know, it's uh, it's Midwest jerky. You know, I'm telling you, the beef is it's just better from the Midwest. I think Nebraska's got the best beef around. You know, a lot of people pay a lot of money for you know Omaha steaks and stuff like that because it's from Nebraska. Good point. Good like, point. This is you know, and for the most, this is my it's my brand of jerky. It's pretty cool, and it was cool getting to bring all this stuff during NIL and start doing this and you know selling merchandise and then having people reach out and start making my own jerky. Like that's 
I grew up deer hunting as a kid with my with my dad. So like I'd go out, we we'd get a deer, and then we'd always make our own deer jerky. So I guess something like I loved doing growing up. So I guess pretty. I think that's pretty damn cool to be able to do that and make jerky. I'm with you. I was going to ask you about this. So the ingredients are beef, water, seasoning, salt, sugar, hydrolyzed, however you pronounce it. I mean, it's a lot, but like you, you know how to make it though. Yeah, for the for the most part, it's going to taste like uh, beef. You know, you're not going to have oh, a bunch of jerky. bunch of flavors and. You know, it's it's gonna taste original. Was it, was it a pretty successful business? And like it, for you, a, an opportunity to like learn how to run a business? Yeah, it was it was awesome. Uh, one of my O-line teammates, Matt Sichtman, uh, he actually made a Shopify page for me. That was kind of like his major, so he did a lot of uh, c- computer engineering. So he made it. So like me and him working together was so fun. We got to work together, make a website and you know build a business and you know create that and then my mom just retired as a school teacher so now she handles the shipping department she's she's you know busy doing all that get the shirts ready send them out she loves doing it and helping out and it's you know they have so many ideas i just like all right yeah that sounds cool let's do that like they they made some uh, kelly green beef jerky shirts there we go yeah. i like it okay eagles fans that's beef jerky J-U-R-G-Y dot com. Speaking of your mother, um, you had very prolific in putting the shot. That's how you say it, right? Shot put. But it's yeah. putting the, you are literally putting the shot. I was just trying to be cool. Yeah. And like, I know I, how to. I don't know. I don't say throwing the shot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, throwing the discus, multi-state champion. Um, is that, that explosiveness, um, is your mom the better athlete? Your dad the better athlete? Both of them great athletes? Uh, I would say my mom. She went to uh, Kearney State in Nebraska. She could she she could have went to a lot of places, but she was a twelve time All American there, throwing uh, shot put, discus, hammer, uh, weight throw. So like uh, very explosive, very athletic, and I think I you know I get a lot of that from her. Could you could, could you take a person like me who's not particularly explosive and make me a good shot putter or a great discus? Is it the, is it the mechanics of it? Or is it kind of a natural explosiveness that you have to have? You know, I could teach you technique, but at the end of the day, you're not going to be good unless you have that raw power and being able to, like, use that. Because, you know, your technique's all about getting you in spots to use your lower body and lower half. And if you don't have that, you know, quick twitch, you're not going to be able to get that pop and get that distance. But it's all about, you know, getting your feet in the right spot to be able to, you know, generate the most force from, from the ground through your hips. To the ball. A lot of little boys go out and have catches with their dads. You went out and hunted deer with your pops. With your mom, was it like, hey, Cam, let's go throw the shot put today? Uh, a little bit. You know, my older brother threw a uh, shot put in discus too. So, like, when he was out there, my mom might, might be coaching him up. So, like, I, I'd tinker around with it. I think but, it's you so know, cool. I didn't really start doing that too much to like middle school. You're great. You're athlete. I'm, I still want to stay on the athlete thing. Former tight end. Um, Best in the, one of the best in the country in high school. Like, is it literally, have you thought about it? Is it on your bucket list someday to catch an NFL touchdown pass? Uh, I mean, I don't think that's realistic, but. <laughs> oh, that's true. Center eligible would be difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, I think it would be cool to do. I mean, I feel like I can play a lot of positions. I've always wanted to, you know, do a little fullback, do a little something. It was weird. Like in high school, I pretty much played every position except O-line. You know, I was quarterback, wide receiver, tight end. Yeah, I got, I got recruited as like a tight end linebacker to a lot of spots. You know, I never envisioned myself being an O lineman now, but uh, I love it. You know, what, well, the one position you didn't mention, you were you're six three, three hundred pounds, and you punted in high school. Yeah, how did you you tried out to punt in high school and you were the best guy? Yeah, I, I punted. I kicked a little bit too. Totally cool. I was a pretty nice punter. When did you fall in love with football? 
Uh, you know, I really loved it, you know, growing up, but especially in high school, you know, I kind of fall in love with that. And it's just a team aspect of it. You know, like I, I was really good at track and field, like we were talking about. Um, but at the end of the day, like I, I didn't love track and field. Like it wasn't fun. I was like trying to figure out, you know, why is this not as fun? Because, you know, I go out and win, celebrate, like have fun. But it's like you're not you're not with your teammates. There's no camaraderie. There's no I just love the team aspect of it. That's why, like, I always gravitated towards football and basketball growing up. Like, those are my sports because, like, you get to practice and you get to work with guys all year round. And then, like, when you win a game, it's it's nothing like it because, you know, you got to work with your brothers, especially in the O-line. You know, you got a guy on your right, guy on the left that's counting on you. And, like, I, I love that. And the physicality of it is, like, I, I live for that stuff. But it's just uh, the team team part of it. It's now mostly mental, Cam. A couple more questions here. Um you feel like you're getting better? You feel like you're a better player in a totally different place than you were just a few weeks ago? Yeah, I think every single day, like, I'm taking steps. Um, this offensive line is, is, has been great. Stout's been great. Does all of that make you a better football player, being around players who have such high goals, have such high expectations, and who have been, you know, among the best in the league for years? No doubt. You know, you get to see how guys work on and off the field. And they're good for a reason because they do things the right way and getting to watch from them and see how they do things. Where else, like if I'm in another position where you don't have that culture, you don't have, you know, these uh, all pro guys on the line, you're not going to see that. You're not going to have the mentors that you should have. Cool. Hey, Cam, it's been great. I know you got to get back to it. Busy days here at the Novacare Complex. Thank you so much for coming in, Eagles Insider Podcast. And uh, it's been great to get to know you. Looking forward to seeing when the pads go on. And I know you're looking forward to that as well. Appreciate it. Thank you. Another big addition in the offseason. We talked about it earlier. James Bradbury coming to the Eagles after four seasons in Carolina. Two seasons, including a Pro Bowl campaign with the New York Giants. The Giants releasing Bradbury, and now he's a Philadelphia Eagle. And uh, he says he's just super excited to be part of this football team and to work in a secondary that includes the likes of fellow Pro Bowl cornerback, Darius Slay. Here's Bradbury talking about being an Eagle. I like to play in a defense that offers um, like a multiple look, play zone and man. And I think I make a lot of plays in both. So um, that's the reason why I like the scheme. I think um, the team that they were they were building here um, and also getting an opportunity to play in front of these fans because I've been in, I played in front of these fans a few times when I was in Carolina and also in New York and they're a pretty rowdy bunch. So I feel like it'd be pretty fun. As for what he brings to the defense, well, we know he's he's big. We know that he's been productive. We know that he's been able to cover teams' number one wide receivers in the past. What his role is here, we don't exactly know. Jonathan Gannon, though, Eagles defensive coordinator, touched on what Bradbury's skill set is and how that translates to this Eagles defense. Yeah, very versatile player. Smart, tough, physical, can get the ball, can cover. So anytime you have that type of skill set with your outside corners, it's a, it's a good asset to have. So he allows us to play certain things predicated on what we were trying to stop that week, as, as Slay does, So as, as all those guys do. That's why you look for complete players. Can they play off? Can they press? Can they play with vision? Can they play with man-eyes? So he does all that. And, and it really, that... 
with that type of player gives you flexibility with some of the coverages that you can play, which I like flexibility with coverages. One of the things I love about him is his, is his high football intelligence. You know, he's got a high football IQ and production, and, and he can cover. He can cover. That's what you want. You want people that can deny the football, and he can do that. More to come with Bradbury in the future as we will get him for an exclusive. We'll get to know James Bradbury and um, you know see how he fits into Philly. I kind of really want to know, and I'm going to be honest with you here. Like, when the Giants played the Eagles, like, were they really ready for the Boston Scott assault? I had some fun with Boston about that. We'll get you that in another episode coming up. Eagles off the field here. Some uh, really good stuff here. Um, The Eagles Autism Challenge last weekend, raising more than $4 million in five years. The Eagles Autism Challenge and the Eagles Autism Foundation has raised more than $16 million to fight autism. It's something that touches so many of us. And Eagles Chairman, CEO Jeffrey Lurie, addressed a really great and appreciative crowd of participants on Saturday after the event was over. And he thanked a lot of people, including players and coaches and everyone who takes part in this. It is a village. It's absolutely a village. It's a community coming together to change the world. Happy anniversary, Eagles Autism family. Today is a huge milestone. We've been doing this for five years, raising more than $16 million along the way to make a measurable difference in the lives of people affected with autism. Today was another amazing Eagles Autism Challenge with so many participants, so much love and support, and so many memories made. It's just incredible. The 2022 Eagles Autism Challenge marks a momentous occasion because it represents the hard work investment of so many, not just today, but 365 days a year, turning awareness into action. Since we launched five years ago, it's remarkable to think how far we've come. From starting with a fundraising event to now launching the Eagles Autism Foundation. Together, we're funding groundbreaking research, which creates so much hope for the future. And we're supporting community grants that enhance people's lives through everything from job training to creating access to care. And just as importantly, we are helping to create culture change by driving inclusion, understanding, and acceptance. I know how important it is from my own family's experience with autism. The people need to know there's a place for them. I want to thank all of our partners, particularly our founding sponsor, Lincoln Financial Group, which has been committed to our cause from the very, very start. Thank you to Dr. Emmanuel DeChico Bloom, our scientific advisor, and our expert panel for their review of each and every project, ensuring our funds are appropriately directed to groundbreaking autism research and programs. I want to give a special shout out to my good friend Max for making Sensory Saturday so amazing for so many families. You're awesome, Max. To Nick Suriani and all of the players and coaches who embrace our efforts and are not just Eagles, but who have become members of our Eagles autism family. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And to Ryan Hammond. 
Ryan, our incredible Eagles Autism Foundation executive director and her amazing, fabulous team. You all outdo yourselves every year with this terrific event and every single day with your devotion to this cause. I can't wait to see what we can do together over the next five years. To all of you, our participants, donors, sponsors, and families, you continue to amaze and inspire me. As we mark this year five milestone together, we are more committed than ever to this journey and to providing much needed support and resources to those in need. Thank you all from the bottom of my heart for everything you do. Let's go and celebrate our five years together. We wrap it up here in this Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group with the announcement made on Tuesday that the Eagles can begin launching marketing and fan engagement efforts in Australia, Ghana, and New Zealand as part of the league's International Home Marketing Areas program. The Eagles are the first team to be granted access to Africa. The NFL will host a developmental camp and fan event in Ghana in June. And so we want the NFL to be a global game. We want the Eagles to be certainly a global brand. We got a taste of that when the Eagles played overseas a few years ago in London, and I just met so many fans from around the world. It was incredible to see. Jeffrey Lurie saying that we are extremely proud to be the first NFL team to launch marketing, fan engagement, and commercialization efforts in Africa as we establish a visible presence in Ghana. As an NFL team, we know that we know we have a special platform to reach and connect with people around the world. And this program allows us to establish roots in these new markets. Now, how long it takes for these roots to grow trees, I guess we're all gonna find out together. Ba-bum-bum. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks so much for joining us for this Eagles Insider podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Thanks to Trevor Hayes for putting it all together. Thanks to Ray Doyle for his efforts and the Philadelphia Eagles and all of you for joining each and every episode. If you have a moment to give us a rating, dad joke aside, please do so. We include a link in the details section of your podcast library. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks so much for joining everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And go Birds! E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!